the gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo underworld. Written by Seth Grimes. Narrated by Henry Schrader. This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, Podcast. Seth Rollins shoots on AEW taking shots at WWE on live TV. The Nature Boy Ric Flair and Mark Madden get into a very public Twitter spat and their podcast is no more. Charlotte Flair is actually charming and likable. And it is Wrestle-Fucking-Mania weekend. I'm pumped about it. Are you? All this and more. I'm your host, Seth Grimes. And this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Podcast! What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome. Can you feel it in the air? Can you feel the WrestleMania in the air? It is WrestleMania weekend. I'm so excited. As you hear this, as the podcast drops on Sunday, if you hear it the day it drops, we are on heading into night two. And of course, if you listen to it after, then you already know everything that happened. Right, And you know that Shane McMahon came down to answer the challenge on behalf of Vince McMahon as his hand-picked opponent for Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, baby, can't you see it happening? I can see it now as I record on a Friday, of which we got the Hall of Fame tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, it doesn't feel as WrestleMania-y as it has in the past. Uh, in fact, I remember last year having uh, lots of WrestleMania-related clips for the podcast. Uh, not so much this year, but you know what? I'm still excited, and I'm still going to enjoy it. I love the pageantry of WrestleMania. It's not just the matches. It's not just the people that are in it. It's the atmosphere, right? It's the stadium. It's the fans from around the world. I mean, I love a good New York crowd or a Chicago crowd or a fucking Corpses Christi, Texas crowd, you know? That, that last one was a joke. But you get what I'm saying. I appreciate the locals. But nothing's like a giant stadium full of international fan base here for WrestleMania, here for Ring of Honor, here for GCW, here for all of that shit. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Of course, I think for me personally, I am most hyped to see Cody Rhodes debut in a uh, <laughs> I almost said AEW. Appear in WWE. Do you think he'll get the full treatment? You know, as you're listening to this, you already know if he was even there or not. And if he was there, what kind of treatment he got. But as I record this, I gotta speculate. I have to. I have to speculate. Does he have the same entrance music? Is Brandy with him? Does he have the Cody Vader? The one that he wanted to give to Jade? You know. 
So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Stone Cold return, though I'm not quite sure yet exactly what we're going to get with that. Uh, you know, it's been rumored that it is going to most likely go on last. So, you know, if you're going to main event WrestleMania with the KO show, I would assume it's going to get physical or turn into a match. But, uh, you know, we we shall see. We'll see how it goes. Of course, I'm just talking out of my ass for no reason because you guys already know and I'm wasting your time. So let's do what we came here to do because we don't talk about wrestling on this show. No, you saw pro wrestling in the title and you thought for a second that this might be a podcast. Oh, let's talk about the WrestleMania matches. No, that's not what we do here. You have plenty of other podcasts you can scurry off and listen to and hear all about all the in-ring competition that you like. But on this here podcast, we talk about the podcasts. We are a podcast that talks about podcasts, and that's what we're here to do. So we have to get right into it. And uh, this first one actually, strangely enough, is WrestleMania related. We have Seth Freaking Rollins appearing on the Sports Illustrated podcast. I don't know if it has a different name. I really didn't look into it all that much. I should. As a podcast journalist, I should know if it's called Sports Illustrated Today or Tomorrow or Sports Illustrated Unlimited. Who knows what the fuck it's called. But it's a Sports Illustrated podcast. And Seth Rollins had appeared on this show this week and made quite... The uh, quite the impression on the internet with his statements regarding AEW, of course, stirring the pot. You know, uh, we'll, let's just listen to the clip and then we'll talk about it after. Obviously, there's this big whole thing with you know WWE, AEW, and um, you know, Cody Rhodes left AEW, he's supposedly in WWE. CM Punk has mentioned WWE performers during promos, Cena and Miz. As a as a superstar in the WWE, do you think you guys should be going at it during promos and mentioning the other promotion, or do you think don't acknowledge the other promotion? Yeah, to me, it's one of those things where I think if it's very useful, uh, it's fine. Like to me, the the references you spoke of just now are two kind of different things, right? I didn't use the reference to Mox to talk down to somebody. I wasn't trying to diminish anybody's accomplishments or saying you're, it wasn't like that. The the other side of that coin is the way that it can be used uh, by those guys. And look, they can do whatever they want. I find it very tacky and very lowbrow personally. I think that it's, it looks and reeks of desperation. Um, And I just don't think it's anything on our television show that we need to go there and talk down about those guys. They're doing their thing. They're doing it very well. We're very happy for them. I am at least personally. Um, are they on our level? No, they've got a long way to go to catch up to us and that's fine. So it's a little uh, a little bit of a pot calling the kettle black to, to take shots at AEW and uh, say that they are uh, not being classy. Uh, to paraphrase, by taking shots at WWE. What are your thoughts on this? Because I see kind of a split reaction out there. I see a lot of people that are like, yeah, of course, take shots. You know what I mean? Like, this is what made WCW fun when Bischoff came out every fucking night. And, you know, he was spoiling 
match results for WWE and he was challenging Vince McMahon to fights and all this shit that we lived through before that we remember so fondly. But now that we're in cancel culture, now that we're offended by everything, now we are mad that wrestlers are going out and talking shit about the other guy. AEW should go on TV and just completely ignore that there's a whole other world of professional wrestling out there besides their own. Wrestlers should ignore each other. WWE, AEW, WCW, it's all the same thing. All right, We have two promotions that are feuding with each other. Of course, WWE is leaps and bounds. Seth Rollins had said... You know, AEW's not on our level, and that's fine. <sighs> I mean, they're not. But WWE also has a, you know, a 40-year, 50-year head start. Got such a head start that it's so much more established. It's such a well-oiled... You know, people take shots at AEW. Oh, they're run so flippantly, and it's chaos backstage, and it's the inmates running the asylum, and blah, 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 blah. What did WWWF look like or fucking, uh, you know, the what was the other one before it? It had another name. I'm completely blanking on it right now. Um, you guys are yelling at me. You're like, it was the fucking the thing with the thing. Capital Wrestling. That's what it was. It was Capital Wrestling. See, I knew I'd get it. I knew I would get it. So WWE's been around. What was capital wrestling like when it first started within its first two and a half years? I mean, and then everybody talks about, oh, AEW's buying up all the talent, you know, and what did WWF do when Vince took over? Bought up all the talent. Bought more talent than he needed. Right? So let's all relax a little bit here. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's all good fun, right? Like, Traditionally, number two takes all the jabs at number one, and number one ignores number two. That's simply the way it is. And as a matter of fact, anybody in the WWE that says that it's lowbrow or they're taking shots and it's not classy and whatever, with reeks of desperation, Rollins said. Jesus Christ. Rollins' fucking career reeks of desperation, all right? What we're looking at here is just some good old-fashioned wrestling fun, right? WWE has done it. They've done it on fucking Monday Night Raw, taking shots at WCW when WCW was number one. All right, let's let's all go back and, and remember the night that X-Pac debuted on, on WWF TV when he came out and just buried Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and all that shit, right? This is a thing... That happens in wrestling, and I'm fine with it. Competition, take your shots if you're in competition with each other. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't get offended. I'm not going to go cry about it. <laughs> wrestling promotions should not pretend that other wrestling promotions don't exist. It bothers the fuck out of me that WWE pretends that they're the only thing that exists in the world of professional wrestling. And maybe they do because they're sports entertainment and not professional wrestling. So, but there's New Japan. There's fucking, I love like FTR coming out with the AAA titles. And, and fucking Excalibur, Excalibur goes with the fucking AAA. They are the AAA tag team champ. I like that shit. Acknowledge it. When Omega came out with fucking 12 different belts, like he was trying to 
recreate fucking Ultimo Dragon's picture with all the belts, right? This is wrestling. It's a it's a business that extends all over the world. You shouldn't pretend that other companies don't exist. And if you are the underdog, if you are number two, why not take your shots? Especially, most people are forgetting that wrestlers that are released from WWE that were clearly not used, right? Because we were all ranting on the fucking internet about it constantly, right? Every guy that you're like, oh, AEW just buys all WWE's rejects. Okay. These these rejects were all the same people that you were bitching about that they released the whole fucking time or that they weren't using properly the whole fucking time that they weren't using them properly. Okay. Everybody's bitching about Finn Balor and Ricochet not being on WrestleMania right now. What happens when those guys get released... And then they go to AEW and they start getting used properly. Everybody's going, AEW brings WWE washed up guys. You people are impossible to please. That's the problem. Look, these wrestlers are disgruntled. Punk's talked about it in an interview. He says it's like a fucking AA meeting backstage half the time. These guys sitting around and talking about their horror stories from WWE. There is nothing wrong with that. These people need to vent. They were frustrated for years. They were criminally underutilized for years. And now they go to a place where they have at least a chance, right? I'm not going to sit here and claim that w- or AEW is using everybody perfectly because they're not. Or even using everybody or that they should have signed everybody that they signed. I'm not saying any of that. But at least now they have the opportunity to prove everybody wrong in WWE, to prove their worth. And some of them will, some of them are, some of them won't, some of them aren't, right? We had, you know, all the way back to the beginning of AEW, with like a Sean Spears, oh, he was criminally underutilized, well, we'll, we'll look at him now. Motherfucker ain't done shit since he's been in AEW. Maybe he's just not that great of a talent, and WWE had it right. But then on the flip side, you got guys like Malachi Black. I don't necessarily like what he's doing right now. But when he debuted, man, he he had it. He was hitting on all cylinders. And I think, you know, they got Adam Cole in the right mix right now, uh, working with Hangman. And he was going to, who knows what the fuck, he was going to get called up to the main roster. And maybe he was going to get the Butch gimmick. We don't know. I mean, they could have butchified him or fucking... What's the uh, what's what's uh, what's Walter's name now? I forgot already. It doesn't matter. Point is, all of this taking shots at the other company is a bad thing. Stuff I think is a symptom. Personally, is a symptom of our highly offended, need to be coddled, cancel culture. Where's my fucking safe space room? Okay. That's all this is. This is people getting offended by stupid shit that they have no reason to actually be offended for. Okay? Somebody comes on TV in AEW and they take a shot, like Punk, for example, at the other company and everybody loses their fucking mind. Oh, no! He said shit about WWE. Who cares? Right? These are people that were frustrated. 
These were people that were given the bone. These were people that were dicked around. And they get the chance to rewrite their career, to make new history, to pave new ground. And they're given a microphone. And if you were in their shoes and Tony Khan just said, dude, it's your debut. Go out there. It's your first promo. Go out there and tell people just shoot from the heart. Okay? They're going to go out there. And they're going to try to give a passionate, I'm glad to be here because I wasn't utilized where I was before, and they got to tiptoe around that or leave that part out? That's, it's a fire under their ass. They're pissed. And they have every right to say that. And they're not getting handed scripts. It's not Tony Khan backstage saying, go take another shot at WWE. Why don't you go out there and take a shot at WWE tonight? We got to really take a big shot at WWE tonight, guys. It's not happening like that. It's an open mic. Say what you feel. Cut your promo. Hit these bullet points. Have fun. Okay? These guys are going out there and speaking from the heart. And you people are getting fucking offended by it. Because how dare they take... All they do is take shots at WWE. It doesn't reek of desperation. It reeks of being a scrappy underdog. Right? goes to diss tracks and hip-hop like everybody takes shots at other people and if you're the top guy you don't acknowledge the under people right because they're under under you they're beneath you don't worry about them but if you're number two fuck yeah you want that number one spot are you gonna get it by talking shit about wwe no but is it fun to do and cathartic at times for some of these guys Yeah, why do you care when you're listening online and you're watching these or you're watching on TV and you fucking see these people cutting promos and they take a little dig at WWE? What does it matter? Why do you care? Okay, let it go. Let it go. Quit worrying about stupid shit, okay? Worry about shit you actually should be offended about. Worry about the guy on AEW that mentioned the former company didn't... Use me right. Oh no! Holy fuck! What a douchebag! Why would he do such a thing? Get over yourself! Boy, oh boy. Mark Madden and Ric Flair. Have you guys have been following this one? Check out this clip as Mark Madden was on the uh, Keeping It 100 podcast with Conan and Disco. Talking all about the situation. Check out this clip. I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but but I, I will say the whole thing makes me very sad because we were friends for 35 years. Uh, and he contacted me the day after it happened via text and wanted to, like, try to salvage. Uh, you know, I forget what the exact verbiage was, but I got a message to him through Conrad Thompson saying, hey, you humiliated me in public, apologize in public. And he's just never going to be willing to do that. And and I don't care at this point because, honestly, it hasn't been fun being his friend for a long time. Uh, no one has aged less gracefully than Ric Flair. And uh, I'm not going to get insulting or personal, but that's just the fact. And you look at the people he doesn't talk to anymore. He doesn't talk to Arn Anderson anymore. He doesn't talk to Hunter anymore. He doesn't talk to his son David anymore. He doesn't talk to HBK anymore. You know, he, he's, he's separated from his wife, Wendy, his fifth wife, who – who, who shepherded him through that recovery from that near-death experience. And and he left her because he just wants to have fun. He's a 73-year-old man, and, you know, he's doing that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, I feel bad for the guy, like I said on Twitter, and I'm not going to walk back. You know, he was given that gift of life after he survived a few years ago, and now he's drinking like crazy again and has been for quite some time. So, 
Oh boy, do I have opinions on this one. See, this is the kind of stuff that, like, I get excited to do this show and I get to talk about stuff like this because I've felt a certain way about Ric Flair for quite a while now and I think it's time to rant about it a little bit. But let's just, let's, let's put everything in perspective, all right? You heard Madden's clip. You heard what he had to say on Keeping It 100. I know a lot of you have a certain way that you feel about Mark Madden, right? Because Mark Madden, not the most likable guy in the world. Let's just be honest about it, right? Kind of a kind of a tool at times. But you know what? He is a great wrestling character. He's a natural fucking heel. He's so unlikable as a if he could be a commentator, you know, when he was a commentator at the time, or even if he was in a management role, but just doing the podcast, I kind of liked the, uh, I liked the dynamic, uh, of him being a host with Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair wasn't the, he's not the greatest to do a podcast with. Madden said that Rick doesn't really know how to do a podcast. He doesn't really have any knowledge or information. Doesn't want to talk about the past because no one cares about it. But doesn't know shit about the future, so can't really give any input on that. So, oh, aye, aye, aye. So, all of this started with a couple of tweets. And, uh, we, you know, we're kind of jumping around here at this point. Because you've already heard Mark Madden's rebuttal and everything that he had to say about it and his thoughts. But let's just kind of see how this developed. I have these tweets screenshotted here. Uh, hopefully they are in order. Uh, so Mark Madden, all of this started when Madden had made a post. This was on March 27th on his Twitter account. I am leaving the Flair Uncensored podcast effective immediately. It's not a good fit for me, especially scheduling the prep and taping during my jam-packed work week. Thanks to Ric Flair, the nature boy, and at Pod Heat, whatever the fuck that is, is that the network they're on? I don't know. For the opportunity and for understanding. Classy. That is a classy exit from a podcast, let me tell you. Okay? So, Rick follows up. Love and appreciate you, Mark. But actually, I relieved you of your duties. Best of luck with your work. I'll be back and better than ever next Monday. Going home to my son-in-law. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. Madden replies, Back at you, and thank you for getting shit-faced every single night like you are now. You are the greatest wrestler ever. What you've become is sad. And to that, Ric Flair replies, Mark, it's so sad. You've been telling everyone for 30 years that I'm the greatest wrestler ever. Quit trying to get the rub that made you who you are. Look forward to hearing you on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, wait, sorry. He canceled you too. Just be happy and enjoy life. So then Mark replies, okay, that's true. And now soon I can tell the whole real story. Like how we lost the deal with podcast one. Love and appreciate you too. But hey, as long as we're telling the truth, truth is always good, right? Watch this space. Ooh. He continues. One week, I want the podcast to be current, says Ric Flair. Next week, who's Jay White? Never heard of him. For fuck's sakes. Then we have uh, the, the drama continues. Madden replies, have another drink. 
God gave you the gift of life a few years back, and you thank him by getting shit-faced every single night, like you are right now. You are the greatest wrestler of all time. What you've become is sad. Mark continues, Listen, I am so sorry it came to this, but I'm not the reason it came to this. I took the high road, and he couldn't do that. He lied to me, then embarrassed me. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck who he is. And then finally, Rick was planning to work at AEW till the Dark Side episode. Not sure what Tony Khan thought. Khan didn't talk to doesn't talk to Rick now. Disinvited Rick from his birthday party. All right, so there's a lot to unpack here, and of course, Twitter drama is is my forte because we are a show that talks about wrestling outside the ring and this this is a juicy topic so look this kind of public stupid shit doesn't need to be done right all of this can happen in private you know if they want to bitch at each other in private and look as I said earlier, Mark did take the high road. Like his exit first, you know, I am leaving the podcast. It's not a good fit for my schedule. That's just leave it at that, right? Just let it go. Let Mark tell the world one thing and, and hide the real reason why he's leaving the pod. Save face. Let him save face. Who cares? Rick, right? You get to move on, do the show with Conrad. Madden gets to move on. Nobody really thinks anything of it. But no, you probably were shit-faced, and you had to jump in and give your two cents and be like, no, actually, I fired your bitch ass. Fuck you, fatty. There was no need for that. And Rick probably was drunk. So then at that point, as was addressed on the uh, Keeping It 100 podcast, Mark Madden is not the guy you want to fuck with on Twitter or get into a verbal back and forth with, especially if he has dirt on you. Look, Mark Madden will fucking bury your ass. He was classy. He did it the right way. Rick should have left it there. I don't like the way that Rick had to jump in and bury Mark publicly. I don't think many people feel bad for Mark Madden because he's always rubbed everybody the wrong way his whole career. But that's his gimmick. I'm true to real life, I'm sure. I don't think he's faking it. But that's his gimmick, nonetheless, right? He's a personality. He's an abrasive asshole fucking pundit in sports and wrestling but that's why he's on the radio people like that shit okay he was a good fit for wrestling too i still believe that he should be doing a wrestling podcast or, or involved in some capacity because he's entertaining and not likable which is a great combination right mjf so my beef in this whole thing, if I were to point the proverbial finger at somebody, Ric Flair, man. Madden had said, you know, I'm keeping it 100. Rick doesn't talk to Sean anymore. He doesn't talk to Hunter anymore. He doesn't talk to Arn anymore. Rick gets offended by everybody. You know, like, oh, all of a sudden, uh, he, like he did, he went on a public fucking rant about WWE didn't fucking call him and check on him during his divorce. Honestly, really? How many companies did you used to work for that calls to check on you after your divorce? 
right? The company is not your friend. We were never your friend, Rick. Huh? Feels good, huh? It wasn't necessary. And all his shit with Becky Lynch. Oh, I'm the man. I'm the real man. I got to protect my shit. Woo. Like you're picking on a fucking girl that you're fucking four times older than. Now, I get you want to support your daughter. And if your daughter's beefing with Becky, you're going to take your daughter's side. I 100% agree with that. I understand. I do. I really do. But there's a point where you are supportive of your daughter. And where you're just being a fucking obnoxious douchebag for no reason. You're being a tool. And, and, and the sad thing is, is that Rick was, Rick was given a second chance at life. On top of already being the most respected professional wrestler, arguably, in the entire business. Legendary. His career speaks for itself. He's not overrated. He's not overhyped. He is one of, if not the greatest of all time. Sure, his matches were paint by numbers, but he was also doing them in every town around the country, and they weren't always televised. Different audience every night, going an hour Broadway. He was the champ champ. And then he almost dies. And a lot of that has to do with his own bullshit lifestyle that he lived. And you know what? Fine. I don't even fault them for that. Have fun while you're alive. We're all going to die someday. If you truly want to spend it out partying all the time, to the extent that you have four fucking ex-wives, which are all due to the fact that Ric Flair likes to go out drinking and doesn't really have any kind of responsibility while he's out drinking. He may end up pulling his dick out and trying to waggle it in front of somebody. He might end up banging some fucking old broad somewhere. He might end up pissing himself. He's Ric Flair, okay? He's the Nate, and he's out Nation. And he was given the second chance at life after he almost died. I mean, he kicked out at two and three quarters, folks. He did. It was shocking, right? It was Jim Ross going, oh, by God, I swore he had him. But he didn't. He kicked out. And he was told that he couldn't really drink anymore or if he were to drink that he's got to keep it very light. And he said he was for a little bit. He was thankful to everybody that, you know, gave their thoughts and prayers to Rick when he was on death's fucking doornail. And now he's out fucking drinking every night still. He's divorcing his wife, according to Mark Madden. I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. I wasn't there. But according to Mark Madden on the Keeping It 100 podcast, Rick is leaving his wife or his wife chose to leave him because Rick just wants to go out and fucking party every night. That's all he wants to do. He wants to go out and be the Nate. I want a Nate. Go Nate-in. <laughs> that's what I do. Fine. If that's what you want to do. Ruin another marriage. Pay more fucking alimony. And this was the chick that supported you when you were dead. You were dying. She was there for you. Now she's not good enough. Alcohol's good enough. And that's an addiction to an extent. So I'm not even going to go that hard on that. But Ric Flair, since then, since he started drinking again, He's been coming out and just being bitter at people, expecting things from people. Like, he's just a douchebag. Everything that he says online, he's picking fights with people or he's offended by somebody. Somebody didn't do something for him the right way. 
fucking how hard he went on Becky Lynch. Like all of this shit is intolerable for a man of his age. It's just not. Okay. Then he has this podcast that gets like what? 10 episodes in. And I liked it. I listened to it with Madden. I liked Madden personally. I liked the Madden aspect of it more than I liked Flair. I like that Madden had a wrestling podcast. I feel like, uh, I mean, I don't always like what he has to say. I don't mostly like what he has to say. But I just, I like him as a personality. So I want him to have a podcast. But beyond that, like, he's got this podcast with Rick. This is already, what, the second, third time that Rick's trying to do a podcast. Why are you even bothering at this point? Because you kept, you couldn't hold it together when you had one with Conrad. And you were fucking, you know, Conrad had said that Rick's just not a good guy to do a podcast with. You know, he's uh, can't quite stick to a schedule sometimes. And you're not in the mood always. And, you know, and in you know, Madden said it, but it's true. If you go back and listen to those episodes, sometimes getting information, getting an interview, getting a podcast out of Rick is like pulling teeth. He turns the camera on and sits there and he's just like, eh, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. What can you say? It's like, why are you doing a podcast then? You got nothing to say. You literally have no words. What's the point? But Madden, Try as he may, tried to pull it out of him. So now Flair's like, well, I'm going to go back to Conrad. And and we had heard uh, Conrad did an interview on wrestling. I covered a, a few weeks ago. And uh, wrestling, had, you know, Brandon Walker had asked him if he was going to do any more podcasts because he's been doing a million of them. And he's like, yeah, actually, I got another one uh, going to be announced somewhere around WrestleMania time. Well, is this it or was there another one? You know, was this planned this far? And look, it, it already didn't work out with Conrad once and Rick. And, and Madden had said, you know, I wish I never would have went into business with Rick. Like, I, it was fun. Like, I liked the guy. We were I considered him a friend. You know, maybe Rick didn't consider me a friend, but I considered him a friend. And, you know, this podcast ruined that. It grew us apart. Probably because Rick was so goddamn horrible at podcasting. Horrible at getting fucking to be there on time. And, and difficult in general to just work with, you know? I want to do a show like this. I don't want to do a show like that. I don't know. Right? Fucking Rick. Thinking the world revolves around Ric Flair. So now he wants to go back and do another one with Conrad? It's not going to last. Conrad's already too busy. And what's he going to get fucking Paul Bromwell to do a podcast with Rick? That's not going to work. Rick, Conrad's great. He's the podfather, right? Like, if, if anybody can get... A serviceable podcast out of Rick, it, it's gonna be Conrad. But I don't think, I don't think it's gonna work. I think Nature's gonna be too Nature for this podcast to continue. But I'm gonna cover it here. I'm definitely gonna be listening. Uh, apparently, you know, this week was like a rerun episode. Apparently, they are gonna be starting to go live next week uh, and kind of pick up where they left off uh, or pick up a new. I, I just, it almost hurts my heart a little bit because I don't hate Ric Flair. I don't have any beefs with Ric Flair. I've always loved and respected and appreciated who Ric Flair was. I even, if you go back and I almost pulled it fucking down because it was a, a risky take to, to have in this cancel culture era, but I even somewhat slightly stuck up for Ric 
during that whole dark side of the ring shit. Uh, more for Tommy Dreamer, because I feel like he was uh, unfairly targeted, you know, when it really should have been the the blunt of the brunt, however you say it, the brunt, the blunt, the brunt of everything should have been uh, addressed to Rick. But, you know, he walked away barely unscathed, other than he was probably going to be, you know, Chavo was leaving AEW at that same time, and we all kind of thought, like, oh, well, well Rick's going to come in and manage Andrade. That makes sense. And, of course, that never happened. And, uh, he was, you know, Rick was uninvited from Tony's something or ever, birthday or fucking bar mitzvah. Who knows? But uh, it's just sad to me. I like Ric Flair. I don't want him. He seems bitter and, like, entitled and self-centered and, like, as like a 70 some year old man who damn near died and you're on borrowed time. You're given a second chance by God, a third chance because the motherfucker was in a plane crash. So this man has had all the opportunity in the world to make the most out of life. And look, I'm, I can be a bitter, angry fuck at times too. I think we all can. Life gets to us, right? There's times where I'm like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck this and fuck that. But then, you know, I chill out and I relax and I realize, you know, that, you know, not everything's so bad and not everything revolves around me and all those stuff that I realize in my 30s that Ric Flair should be realizing in his 70s. He's digressing, he's regressing into a fucking little child, a petulant little self-centered fucking brat, thinks nothing of himself. He doesn't care about his friends and family when he goes out drinking Everybody was so sad when he was going to die. And everybody was there for him. And everybody was giving their thoughts and prayers. And this man kicked out at two and three quarters. And he fucking goes right back to the bottle. He was told, don't drink. And again, it's an addiction. I understand. And this is who Ric Flair is. And this is what makes him happy is being the nature boy. I understand that too. I don't know that Ric Flair knows who Ric Flair is. Ric Flair is, right? I don't know that he's he's been the Nate his whole life. And if he's not out nature and being the Nate and fucking spilling drinks and, and, and wearing gold and wooing and shit, then he's not living his best life. And, and that's fine. But what about all these people that were there for you when you were going to die because of all of that? It's a slap in everybody's face. Like, dude. Like, be here for... Like, be there for them. Ride out the end of your days to... To be happy for Charlotte some more. And just support her. And 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 to give back to the wrestling business. And contribute. And... And... and he's just... Burying talent. Oh, I don't know who that guy is. Or, oh, I didn't really see much in him ever. Or... Oh, this bitch stole my gimmick name. This is my gimmick name. I'm the man, even though I was the man fucking 40 years ago at this point. It's just, it's just, it's sad. It's fucking sad. I want to see Ric Flair do better. I love the man. I appreciate the man. I respect the man. But I think he's being a fucking giant douchebag. I think he has been for quite some time. He's on borrowed time and he's, he's just pissing it away being a bitter fucking self-entitled douchebag and and that's my take and maybe you have a different opinion i don't know 
But uh, I will keep you posted. I will follow up and uh, we'll see what that first podcast back with Conrad is like. And uh, just kind of keep tabs on things going forward. Woo! Speaking of Ric Flair, Ric Flair's daughter Charlotte was on the wrestling podcast with Brandon Walker this week. Of course, the 13-time women's champion, Brandon Walker, asks her, do you remember all of your championship wins? Here's what Charlotte had to say. Check out this clip. You have climbed to the top of the profession. 13 times you have been world champ. Do you remember all 13 times you won the belt? Or do some of them run together? When you win that many, when you're that successful, like the sixth time, do you remember it or is it all, do you remember milestones? Oh gosh. I'm not sure why I'm doing that. Raw 30, or excuse me. Um, let me see, WrestleMania 32. Sure. Wait, we count the Diva, okay. Uh, Divas Championship, Night of Champions, Nikki Bella. I'm gonna put my hands down. WrestleMania 32. And then I dropped the title to Sasha. Uh I beat her on... Mm -hmm. uh, Sure. If I would... On SummerSlam. Three. Then Roadblock. Four. And then... You got nine more. You got nine more. I don't think you're going to I I won't. I don't think... I, I beat Natty for the SmackDown. All right. The one you're holding right now. And then okay. I... Who'd you win that one from? Do this one was a title swap. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that got a little, whoa. A little awkward. <laughs> little uh-oh. <laughs> of course she doesn't remember her fucking title wins. Why would she? There's been 13 of them. It's been passed back and forth more than fucking, well, we won't go there. But regardless, of course she doesn't know. And then, of course, she was asked later, too, do you know any of the WrestleMania matches? And she couldn't really name any of the matches on WrestleMania either. She says, oh, I'm just focused on, on my, my match, and that's why. Of course, of course. Uh, I really liked this interview. Uh, Charlotte was... I've never been the biggest fan of Charlotte. I think she's always kind of came off as kind of entitled and kind of bitchy. And I know that's her character and she's the queen and I get all that. But, you know, her feud with Becky kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, it just seemed like Charlotte was, I don't know. She just wasn't, she's not a likable person, right? Can't tell me out there listening in listener land that you thought Charlotte was highly likable. But this podcast showed me a different side of Charlotte. She seemed charming. She was very likable. Uh, I was very surprised. Like, I was caught up. I got done listening to that. I was smiling. I was smiling while I was listening to this podcast with Charlotte. And I was charmed by her. And, of course, part of that's Brandon Walker. Uh, if you're not up on the wrestling podcast, Brandon Walker gets all kinds of big interviews and he does a great job. He's so like random with his, with his, you know what I mean? Like he, his shtick is like, he's, he, he, he acts like he's the worst interviewer in the world and his show is just falling apart, becoming a big train wreck. But that's just part of the fun and charm of doing his show. And, uh. You know, I think he got Charlotte to open up in a way that maybe most people haven't before. Charlotte's very uh, 
she's always game faced and she's always serious and she's always like kind of in character a little bit. And I, and she tried to be, and she was for a, for a good extent to this, but I think Brandon was able to tap into something with her where she was just started having fun and having a good time. And she was smiling and she was laughing and she was just kind of let her guard down a little bit. And she just became so much more likable to the point where I would use the word charming. She charmed me like, I was kind of feeling it a little bit in this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you. I had just the smallest little crush on Charlotte. It was weird. I had a lot of weird feelings coming out of this podcast. Um, So for that, if you haven't heard it, um, I just think you're going to get a different side of Charlotte. You're going to be kind of charmed. You're going to walk away going, yeah, she's cool. She's all right in my book. And I just, I've never, ever, ever, as long as she's been in wrestling and as long as I've been a fan and followed her career, I've just never seen her that way. I've never, ever thought her to be anywhere near the word likable. Like, Bull and Charlotte were not in the same neighborhood. But, uh, hey, man, I'm, I'm wrong. And I'll admit when I'm wrong, at least for this podcast, Charlotte was pretty goddamn cool and maybe even somebody i'd like to hang out with to be 100 percent honest so go check that out brandon walker on the wrestling podcast that's on barstools network johnny wrestling johnny wrestling we're double dipping with renee paquette this week check out this clip of johnny gargano chatting on the oral sessions on these sessions with renee paquette about his run in NXT. What to do? So did it feel like the writing was on the wall for you to leave? Or were you kind of waffling back and forth at any point? I kind of made my mind up like a year in advance that this was going to be my last. That's pretty crazy considering how much changes has had happened within that last year as well. I know. Like like, and like, like people said like, oh, Johnny left because NXT changed. No, like I was always, I kind of had it in my mind that, uh, and like I wasn't leaving to go to any particular place. I kind of just felt like I needed to, to go because I felt like if you watch a TV show or if you watch anything in general, if you see the same character and obviously I changed character, I turned heel, I did funny stuff. I did things like that here and there. Uh, but if you see the same person on TV for five years, six years, it gets stale. I believe that being off TV and being away makes people miss you. And I think people need to have a chance to miss you. And if they don't, then they don't really care in general. And I was extremely lucky to where I never really had any injuries I was on TV consistently, in storylines consistently for six years. We were around all these people for so long. And then you kind of look around the locker room and like all your friends are gone. It affects you. Like it hurts you because you're like, now you're not seeing your friends anymore on a, on a daily basis. And it just, it makes you sad. So at that point, like I felt like, I don't know, I have a chance to kind of tell my story and end it the right way. And also kind of leave on great terms to where, you know, whatever happens in the future happens but I can kind of take this time now to be around Candace, to be around Quill, enjoy dad life for a little bit. Yeah, it really was his time to leave. Like he had done everything there was to do in NXT. I think when you're a wrestler, you, when you're being, you're being used as a character on a show. So it's, it works the same way on TV shows. Characters have their runs. Shows in general have their runs, but at least if it's going to be an ongoing show, characters at some point need to get rotated out. 
And Gargano was in there, worked with everybody, had the title reigns, the tag team titles, I think, right? He was the NXT champion. Uh, yeah, him and Tommaso had the tag team titles, and he was the NXT champion, and he was the North American champion, and he, he had his faction with his fucking wife. He did everything that he, you know, he feuded with his best friend, tagged with his best friend. He did everything he could do in NXT. So at this point, it's time he can stay there and continue to just put over new guys and be that guy. Or if he wants to continue his path to the top of the card, then maybe he goes to Raw or SmackDown. I I don't know. As far as I know, he's done with the company completely. So he's done. He could re-sign, but I don't know. Did he turn down a deal? Was there even a deal on the table? I'm sure there was some kind of deal. Maybe it was just to stay in NXT, though. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith. Uh, I mean, especially what they did with Butch. Butch. I know. We'll call him Butch. Yeah. Didn't you have a bushwhacker named Butch? Bush what? No, it's Butch. Damn it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, maybe he could be fucking Alpha Alpha, right? <laughs> you know? Butch is... But, Vince loves his fucking his 1930s through the 50s and 60s uh, pop culture, does he not? His references and his just he's he's a he's a man lost to time, is Vince McMahon. But I yeah I don't have any trust in in that they're gonna use him for anything good in WWE on the main roster. AEW is so bloated. Maybe he would be a good pickup for Ring of Honor. Especially now that it's still under the umbrella of Tony Khan. And I don't know if he's doing separate contracts. You know, we had talked about a couple weeks ago that, in my personal opinion, sign everybody to an AEW contract. Pay them for AEW level, uh, as an AEW level talent. And it's just a different brand. You know, maybe you're not going to get the same exposure or wrestle in front of the same size crowds unless they make Ring of Honor, you know, part of Rampage, like I also suggested. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I do think that some guys would be really... I think they should sign... He should sign... Uh, Tony should sign Claudio uh, Castagnoli to be in Ring of Honor as well, and they should make him his champ, their champion immediately. Sign Claudio, give him the strap, and, and dominate, be the face of Ring of Honor, really, because he deserved it in WWE for a minute. And, you know, Claudio doesn't have the most personality in the world, so I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, you know, fucking strap a rocket to this guy. But I do think for a Ring of Honor brand, you know, I wouldn't say the same thing if he was going to AEW, but for a Ring of Honor brand as wrestling, pure wrestling, or to the point where they have a pure wrestling title... And fucking Code of Honor handshakes and stuff. Like, yeah, Claudio. But I think Johnny Gargano's a good fit there, too. I don't know what kind of deal Tommaso has signed or what his plans are. Um, but if he, you know... And I'm not saying Tony Khan should be signing every free agent, but there's so many top guys. You know what I mean? What he needs to do, and he is, you know, with the Marco stunts and the Joey Janela's getting filtered out. He needs to filter out some of these lower-level indie guys that he signed at the beginning and, and, and try to build his roster off these, uh, 
more well-known talents. You know, I st- I don't buy into that WWE wash-up shit either. Like wrestlers are independent contractors, and they get around. They get around. So, yeah, bring a Gargano there. Ring of Honor. Uh, you could do AEW, but again, it's so bloated. I'd really like to see. I think you could make Ring of Honor something special again with the right talent. And to me, that's wrestling talent. Straight up, pure wrestling talent. Like a Danhausen didn't belong in a Ring of Honor. I think a Ring of Honor should be that Jim Cornette fucking, we are here to pretend that we are actual competition, you know? And, and just try to be as realistic form of professional wrestling as possible. I would make Ring of Honor look like if you were a college wrestler and you went up to a professional wrestling league that's like an actual sport of wrestling and not like a UFC, uh, you know, like if pro wrestling were an actual sport, that's what Ring of Honor should be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there, and uh, it'll be fun to see where Gargano pops up and... and and uh, what his career looks like going forward, especially with Candice, too. Candice is also not signed, as far as I'm aware. So uh, both of them could end up anywhere they'd like. And, you know, I'd like to see it be the Ring of Honor. With FTR firing Tully Blanchard, they are on the hunt for a brand new manager. The best manager. The best there is. The best there was. The best manager there ever will be. Of course, Bobby Heenan's not alive, so they have to resort to Danhausen? Ah, Danhausen notices that you two need some guidance. You need a new legendary manager, and who better for the job? So, here's the deal. If uh, Danhausen will manage you, if you shall hire him for your services, uh, you can wear these. Danhausen will get you a pair of these. He already has them, I'll get you some. And we shall lead you to many championships. Okay. okay. I'm sorry, I noticed you didn't know what your match was tonight. I, oh no. You tweeted, am I wrestling? And Dan Housen tweeted back to you, yes, you're wrestling CM Punk. Perhaps if you had been properly prepared for the match, you would have defeated him. Yeah, you didn't have to bring it up, dude. But that's why we pay him the bags of monies Yes! Now. Perhaps you paid Dan Housen monies. That's, that's guidance. You were so close. God dang, so we have to pay you. Yeah, thank you for not swearing, by the way. You said God dang. Dang. Yes, yeah, not dang. <laughs> Love that Danhausen. Uh, I continue. I, I really make an effort to read the comments on almost anything that Danhausen's in because I want to see. I've been a huge, like, pretty much immediately after I saw Danhausen, I got it. I understood. I loved it, right? And he was such a good fit for the indies because in the indies, like, uh, like on the AEW Unrestricted podcast this week, Aubrey Edwards was talking about, uh, and, and we'll touch on this later. Uh, Brody, Aubrey, and and Brody and, and and Tony were talking about Brody King. We're talking about an indie match where Brody took a gummy bear bump, and he sold the gummy bears like they were thumbtacks. They were like poured out of a bag like thumbtacks, and and. That's just funny, and, and and that's what the indies are about. And, you know, you got your Jim Cornette types that are like, oh, pfft. well, it's not a smoky fucking sportatorium with fucking big burly-chested cigar smokers fucking pounding each other's faces in for real. Then it ain't wrestling, right? The crowd's not going to believe that a gummy bear bump was real. 
as if we're still trying to make people believe that wrestling could plausibly be real at this point in time with the fucking UFC in existence. Come on, man. Come on, man. So, I love it. I was always a huge fan of Danhausen. I like his goofy shit. Perfect fit for independent style, but how does it translate to the mainstream? And that's why I've been monitoring these comments. I want to see what the bigger audience, because when you're reading like the comments on Dan Housen's vlog or, or a Ring of Honor fucking clip or something, most people are going to be pro Dan Housen. Well, what do the mainstream audience, what do they think about Dan Housen? And so far, mostly good. I still say I hate, I don't like the way he's being used on TV. I think the cursing people thing's getting old already. I thought it was a great debut, but now it's just kind of becoming a one note thing where people are going to be like, okay, this guy's kind of a douche, but he's also, you know, injured. So, uh, I mean, I, I give him a mulligan on that, but maybe he should be used for more backstage stuff, you know, show a little bit more of his personality. People on TV are not seeing Dan Housen's personality when he comes out and just points at people looking like a skinny, bony fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't look right. <clears throat> but when you watch all these YouTube videos of all the backstage shit and all these skits that Dan Housen's doing, he is fantastic. And the fans seem to be liking it for the most part. There's a couple people that are like, what the fuck's the deal with this guy? Um, you know, Jim Cornette's fucking, they got badges for Cornette's profile page, but I, it, it's wrestling. Let's have fun with it. Okay. Don't take it so seriously. Wrestling once upon a time was meant to be taken seriously. It was a, it was a work. It was a carny performance to make people think that there was an actual contest going on. And to get the money out of them, place your bets, and we're going to rig it so that everything works in our favor. Well, times have changed. People believed that shit all the way up until they didn't. Now they don't. So quit trying to protect. Now, again, you don't want to just rub it in everybody's face because that will diminish. You know what I mean? Like when you're getting a CM Punk, MJF, or even a, a Roman and Brock. You know, these are... People that you want to believe are having a physical altercation. And, you know, they probably are, you know. Uh, I'm sure they're working nice and, you know, you watch a Daniel Bryan match, or I'm sorry, a Bryan Danielson match, uh, you're going to know that wrestling is, uh, is very physically intense, okay? You can't look at that and tell me that that's not real. But wrestling has evolved. And guys like Danhausen obviously just ridiculous right like on its face silly nonsense but i think silly nonsense has a place in wrestling and i know other people disagree with that and that's fine i i get that but uh, overall i mean i love it and i want to see them do more with Danhausen. i want to see more of those backstage youtube type things that he's doing now on tv Let's get that guy's personality across. And as far as him managing FTR, no. It's going to be Bret Hart. We all know it's going to be Bret Hart. Especially with the Owen Hart Cup thing coming up and all that. It's a perfect tie-in. Bring Bret back in. You know, spread some pink and black around that AEW. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I can't wait to see it. 
Thank you guys so much for sticking with me all the way to the end. You know I always appreciate you guys. Virtual fist bump through the microphone. Huh? You hear that? A little tap, tap, tap a on the microphone. That's my fist bump to you guys for hanging out with me to the end of the show. Uh, it was a fun show. I had a good time today. I, I don't feel like there were a lot of great highlights out there. You know, some weeks have tons of news and crazy shit, and other weeks are just kind of meh. And like I said at the beginning, I, I, you know, I expected a little bit more out of a WrestleMania week, but we got some good nuggets. We got the Seth Rollins thing, and we got the Ric Flair drama, so... All in all, I call it a good show. I was really looking forward to digging into this one. And I think it's just, I got, I'm excited for wrestling this week. I just, it's WrestleMania week. And as a, ever since you're a little kid, it's just special. If you're not a wrestling fan, of course, why the fuck would you be listening to me? So of course you are. Uh, but people don't understand that feeling. You actually, like, it's Christmas Day in a lot of ways, right? Now it's Christmas two days, but you get the point. It's it's always been a special weekend, uh, a special week or a special day. I don't know whatever the fuck era, you know. Even though you know they start doing the raw after, there's all kinds of crazy shit that happens on the raw after because that's the big reset. It's just it's that kind of even though WWE is so stale and so shitty at this point that I don't even watch. I mean, I check highlights on YouTube, I follow, I, I, you know, get reviews and I get recaps and I, I mean, I keep tabs, but like, I'm not sitting in front of the TV for three hours to watch Raw. I'm not, and you can't make me, but I will sit in front of the TV and watch as much WrestleMania weekend as they want to feed me, including NXT, including the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see it all. Uh, hell, I'll probably even watch the Raw after, just to fucking just to just to do it. Even though last year's was like the worst Raw after WrestleMania ever. <sighs> what do you guys think? You excited for WrestleMania? Let let me know. Uh, hop on down in the comments if you so choose, and uh, talk about anything you liked or didn't like. I I do want to see some of that interaction. Um, you know, there's definitely people watching, but I don't get a lot of interaction, you know? Um, so just holler at me, get at me. Uh, you can even email me at Seth Grimes, uh, or, you know, Seth Grimes X I I I at gmail.com. Uh, just holler at me, say what's up, let's chat or tell me I suck, whatever you want, but it's nice to know that people listen and stuff so you know like real people like i see the numbers but i don't get any interaction so let's get some interaction some action damn it um follow me follow me on twitter follow me on facebook or like me on facebook or whatever the fuck tiktok throw me a follow on tiktok i recommend you get on tiktok there's cool shit on there it's not just people dancing and stuff it's a lot of that but it's not just that and it's really good at curating your feed so once you start liking and watching videos it's gonna start feeding you more that are up your alley and not so much the goofy shit so throw me a follow on there everything's at seth grimes media also got a book out uh, also got, you know, you, I'll throw an ad in the podcast this time. So we don't need to get too much into detail there. We got the pro wrestling inspired NFTs. If you're into that shit, cryptomania, NFT.com, all kinds of cool shit going on. We also got NFT 
pro wrestling inspired merch. Uh, I'm going to actually throw a, a link to that in the comments for the, or in the description for this as well. So I think that shit's cool. I got some, I got like NFT instead of NWO. That shit's fresh. Fuck you. Anyway, I appreciate you checking it out. I hope you're enjoying WrestleMania weekend or enjoyed WrestleMania weekend or whatever. The flying fuck. Appreciate you being here. Peace, love, and pizza. I'm Seth Grimes, and this has been the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. gathering a bold journey into the belly of the juggalo underworld written by seth grimes narrated by henry schrader